You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. God bless you. Um, can I <clears throat> ask, please, that we all move like closer, maybe to one section of the auditorium. So Eric, Joe Boy, Toy. Can I just ask that we all move a little closer? The light. Uh, so for you that, no, Tony, not there. My, see, I want to keep my neck in one place so I can see everybody. God bless you. And then um, for all the guys in the back as well. So Wyla and the rest of your team, three of you don't need to press the console at the same time. One person can press it. The other two can come and come to the front. Hello, everyone. Please, where's that stool they used to give me to sit down? I really like that stool. Ah, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. My, 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 my guys brought this. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Catherine, can you, can you also come so that I can use my neck in one place? Bless you. Thank you, bro. Awesome. Okay. So today we're just going to be talking very briefly. And <laughs> I realize that all the people who are here who are probably here. Who wasn't here for the morning service? Ah, okay, do you want to care? Okay. Okay, because I was about to say that it will now not make sense for me to now preach the whole message again. But um, I will do my best to just recap it and then we will talk very, very briefly about some of the stuff that we've heard. And um, Wala, please, what was that buzzing sound in the background? Oh, okay. Okay, they're working on it. I, th I thought it was the anointing. It is not. How's everybody doing today? Ah, no, we do better than this at the exchange. How's everybody doing today? Cool. All right. Sir, sorry, sir. I know that you're at the back. I, I want to see you face to face, sir. Yes, sir. You, sir. Please, sir. Can you come? I love it. You don't have to stay so far behind. I don't buy it. I mean, nice guy. I just, I like to see your faces so, so I can read your reactions. Awesome. So, like I was saying, how's everybody doing? Great. Very well. Someone said cold. The Lord will be your warmth in Jesus' name. All right. So, today we're going to be talking about the purge. And so, just full disclosure, um, when, we were, when the titles for the message for this week were sent in, you know, the people who prepared the titles, the people in the senior church, you know, they wanted it to sound spiritual, so they said, we want to go with something more modern and something more, you know, in tune with the times. So instead, they changed the title to The Purge. Um, and, well, let's just say, the, that is something old in me was like, I don't understand what you people are doing. Like, so Detox was fine. The Purge just sounds very fancy for no reason. But I will use the, um, the premise of that to try and talk about what we're, we're going to be discussing today. So, well enough, The Purge is actually a movie. So let me give you, see, these are the people that need to really, they need to renew their minds. Because you've watched past one or two. <laughs> Please, um, let me bring anointing oil and, um, and only water. We need to wash some people in this place. Ah, uh, okay. This one is, okay, they say we should pour it on you. Please, so you come to the front. Come and kneel down here. Let me wash your head properly because... Eh? 
it you are on the feed, please. Hello, for all those of you who are listening from International Waters, the person we are, that's talking this talking is to you, Pastor Busola's sister. <laughs> so that you can know. But yeah, so, so for, for those of you who are believers, the holy ones here, the movie is called The Purge. And let me just set the premise for it. So what happens is, they found out that, you know, society is just full of people who are, you know, there was so much crime and violence and stuff was going on. So they decided, when I say they, the leaders of the area, of the Adubo at that time, decided that the best way to deal with crime is to create one day in the year where we just give everybody license. If you want to kill your neighbor, that's the day you kill them. If you want to steal, uh, that's why I say Tony is deliverance. Do you understand? Because this is the kind of movie Tony is watching. Anyway, so they set it like that. One day in the year, you want to kill, go and kill. You want to rob, go and rob. Anything you want to do for that one day is perfectly legal. And after that day, and you've gotten it out of your system, after that day, you will now return back to normal. So imagine this. You here in your house, your neighbor has been beefing you for, for 364 days. And on that day, he decides that that's the day he wants to kill you. If he does not succeed in killing you that day, the next morning, you people will see each other on the road and you'll be like, hi. As, that's, how, that's, that's the premise for the movie. That's the whole premise for the movie. Just get it out of your system. And then the next day, you continue as if nothing happened. So what people do in the movie is they will now take the 364 days of the year, what they will do is they will, they will put uh, barricades in their house. They will buy AK-47, flamethrower, a grenade, whatever they need to, su to say successfully, they will build bunkers underground. So whatever they need to be able to do to successfully make sure that they are not killed on that one day. And then once that one day is, so is 12 o'clock, they will do siren. Everybody, yeah, butter. Sorry. Come and kill yourselves. And you can't live like it's a it's a national wide kind of a stuff. It's a whole exact is it's a holiday. You is I'm saying they are do, I'm saying it's whatever country you are in that they are doing that thing. It's a it's a worldwide uh, phenomenon. Do you understand? So it's interna ex international violence day. That's what it is. But the premise, so that's the premise, and, it's, and I want you to just keep that in mind as we talk through the rest of the teaching. Now, there's a scripture, so, ah, right, this is what we're going to do. So I want us to bring our Bibles out or your devices out. Actually, I should say device, then Bible, because most people have devices, and Bible is only one person that has Bible here. But yeah, so if you open with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, from verse 21 to 22. In KJV says, if a man therefore, actually, no, I'm not reading it, we're at the exchange. So please, who has it and who wants to read it? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 21 to 22. Love it. Feel free, feel free. Carry on, girl. No, 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 you are there first. Carry on. 2, 21 to 22. Sorry, I, can you say it again? I will, I will amplify. I don't know why. Our uh, mic isn't working today. 
Awesome. There we go. Second Timothy chapter 2 from verse 21 to 22. Okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm reading from the NLT version. All right. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Awesome. So I will just, I'll read it in the KJV, um, just so that the um, spirit, spirit, spiritual hairs like Pastor Dolly, people, huh? Do you want to read it in the Amplified? Please, please help me give Jumoke so she can read it in the Amplified. Oh, ah. Uh, CAC people. for a special purpose, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Run away from your youthful lust. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those believers who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So the, the point I want to point, the thing I want to point out from all of this is that you can see in these verses that there is a lot of active words. You know, if a man purge himself, that means you, you must do something. Then he says, flee, run away from something. And then he says, pursue another thing. So he sees that there's a lot of activity in that verse. And the process of soul detoxing or the process of purging is a very active process. Um, so, for a lot of us, when we think about things like fasting, I'll just be, I'll be, I'll be humble. That's what we often think about when it comes, when we, when we are thinking about how to purify ourselves, how to purge ourselves. We often think of it as a, as a very passive thing that we do, where we just, we stay in one place. You know, we've, we've read the story of Abraham and Isaac, how Isaac just laid down in one place, then God, you know, Abraham wanted to cut what he needed to cut from him. But in actual fact, the process of detoxing or purifying is an active process. It involves a lot of pruning, personal action. It involves a lot of cutting. It involves a lot of stabbing. It involves a lot of running. It involves a lot of pursuing. It's a very active process. And the reason why that process needs to be active is because in our day-to-day -day experiences, we are passively absorbing a lot of nonsense. We are passively absorbing rubbish and nonsense. Let me give just a quick example. Um, and people will know now that I'm, I'm a non-believer, but let me just give an example. I was on the, on, the, on the IG yesterday, and I was just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I read some scriptures, scrolling, scrolling. You know, you see uh, Bill Johnson, oh, nice. Life Point, nice. Can you then, then, ah, today is a good day. I now happened, happened to scroll to Ejiru's page. Mm? And Ejiru, he was talking about different things, talking about different things. And he got to one place and he was saying, which song do you like and which song do you, which song do you prefer, ye or na? And there's one song that he played and I'm going to sing it because just to let you know that I absorb nonsense, I'm going to sing it. It says, ah, fitness. <laughs> if I broke now my business. <laughs> you know that I had never heard that song before. No, but Tony, don't hear it. Cover your ears so that you know you will remember this. Eh? It's called. It's, it was sung by some guy called Benson. Or, um, 
No, Buju. Abby? Yes. Buju and somebody else. But you know anything about that song? The beat was so sweet. And I heard, so what happened was, I heard it the first time, and I said, ah, this is a jam, this is a jam, this is a jam. No, ah, that's why I said that. You, you, you passively absorb nonsense. No, the thing is, how long is Instagram story? It's like 15 seconds now. So, and the thing about it is, Adrian was now really doing, ah, fitness. If I run my business, and Adrian was really bumping to, ah, say, Adrian, wow, play, bro, play, bro. Eh? There is, there is, there is. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, where's the mic so that Eric... I was, I was connected. Yeah. And the Uber guy that I was in was playing a particular song. I was supposed to be speaking in tongue. <laughs> I, I thought I was speaking in tongue. I did not know I was singing that song. I just didn't start Can you see? <laughs> Let me pray. Ah. It was not funny. No, but, so, no, but this, this is the point I'm trying to make, Dami, is that... I listened to that Israel story once. Then I, I, because I was wondering what it was. So I scrolled back. Wait, let me, let me re-investigate what was going on. So I heard the song a second time. I kid you not. I woke up in the morning at 3 o'clock to use the bathroom. And it was, ah, fitness. If I broke now my business, that I was, uh-huh. please, Eric. Dami, if end. I finish it with the song, it will still be in my no, system no, no, it today. Won't, it won't. So there's a, there's a thing about science that once you hear something and it's just the middle, you didn't finish it from start to finish. No, I heard you remaining. for the night, so I heard you remaining. Is that not the remaining of the song? Somebody saw me in a night, so for care for the night, so see, they're telling me, thumbs up, thumbs up. These are the people who have fully, they've heard the whole track. They know the song. Dami, if you hear that song, I want no real dada. Dami, you, I know that you are sanctified. I'm telling you that that song is a jam. You know, wait, you know how they used to put jam inside a jar? That's how that song went inside your brain. I want, do you understand? I'm telling you. Life, life. Do you understand? And that's what I realized. This is what I'm talking about. Passively, alright, to even keep to come and sing the verse. Alright, come and sing the verse. You know the meaning. Eh? You have changed it. See, this is somebody who heard this song, internalized it, and they said, you know what? I want to do a remix and add my own lyrics. Eh? If I blow, it's our business. If my blow. Ah, hallelujah! Hallelujah! No, but honestly, just to try and revert to the point. Passively, I had absorbed that nonsense. To the point where I woke up in the morning. Instead of me to be saying, ay, 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 glory be to God. It is our fitness, I'll be fitness. If I blow, now our business, that I was singing, when I was supposed to be worshipping, and the worst part about it is, I'm supposed to come and teach. It's yesterday I had it. Yesterday night I had it. I'm supposed to come and teach message today. So the point I'm trying to make is I have just passively absorbed nonsense. This thing that BWS was saying today, there's a show, and I'm so sorry, my pastor, you forgive me because I feel like all my own belief is, is on display. There's a show called, I was asking them, for, what's the name of this show now? Olivia Pope. Scandal. 
First of all, even just the title self, it used to be your favorite. Can you see? Dami was an unbeliever, but we thank God. Three years ago. The show has finished before three years ago now. Yep. Let me tell you about that show. So, eh? No, please, please give. Ah, give for like it. Like, you know. And what were you saying? I watched Scandal. I think it's a very good show. Oh, no, no, no. It's a wonderful show. It's a wonderful show. Let me tell you the things that, that me, I know that I possibly absorbed. One, oh, faith. Faith, faith. Anything, she'll just be crying. Faith, 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 faith. I say, Auntie, are you not stronger than this? But the point I'm trying to make is that, that inability to control herself, it used to grate me. Because I'm like, she, you're a strong woman. Physically, but that's your weak. That's what I. That's you have. That's what I've. Can I use me to do bars? Because they can just be pressing my mumu button anyhow, and I'll be saying, ah, feet, 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 feet. It's not like that. I know the both of them. They used to woman bar and one. They used to beat each other. I get that. But my point is, if you start to accept as a man, as a believing child of God, prophet, pastor, priest over your home, that your a woman can just come and just press your button anyhow, and you two, you'll be moving funny. Um, um, you know, uh, uh, what they do, Camp David, you know, all those things that they were, and then you will now go and be, be bribing people and, and, you know, doing election, uh, election fraud and all that stuff because of woman. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, you, you just, yeah, this was not happening. Those who have fully absorbed it and it has become one of them, they're not saying, ah, that's, it's not that serious. It is, though. It is. Let me tell you something else about that show. Is it, is it this show now? No, it's this one with, um, Professor Keating, what's her name? How to get away with mother. Shonda Rhimes. And see here, she has, she needs prayer, I'm telling you. She's actually very good. Because for me to have watched Grey's Anatomy of 15 seasons, I know that, I, I know that, I know, when I now multiply 24 episodes times 45 minutes times 15 seasons, I know that I've I wasted like two years of my life on Shonda Rhimes. And if I see her on the road, I'll collect my life back from her. Eh? You watch, can you see? One whole month. Okay. Let me tell you something else that, I've, that I casually absorbed. And the thing about this is, if we are being really honest with ourselves, we will know that this thing is true. Let me tell you, it took me a second to catch myself. Initially, when the show first started, there's one guy that's, that's gay. And his uh, boyfriend is the guy who's like the computer geek kind of guy. When they first used to do their love and happiness in, in the show. I, it was very easy. I used to find killing Bobo Robbie. She was all this nonsense. Come on, fast forward. Let's get to the main uh, crux of the show. But after a while, I just noticed that my level of disgust for it was not nearly as intense. And that's what happens with us. That's why I was saying this thing is if, hi, welcome. Sorry, I feel like I just called you out. But hey, welcome. Please exchange, greet her. Welcome. Happy to have you here. As I was saying, sorry, you, you missed me in the middle of hot gist. Anyway, as I was saying, I just realized that my level of disgust, there was even one to in, in uh, Scandal now, and Grace, and all of the... You started infusing it small, small. Before. Although in Grace Anatomy before, they used to sleep with one another, anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. And, but still, anyhow, anyhow. It's what, but can you, see how, can you see how a old apostle... As well as they are agreeing that, oh no, eh, fornication, fornication, and adultery is the same thing. But those are things that we've 
passively just accepted, you know, and to make it a bit more culturally relevant. Now, Tony, where are you from, Ijebu? They say Ijebu people are stingy. Oshun, what's your own people's infirmity? Eh? From, from Oyo State. Oyo State, eh? They like, no, Amala is not an infirmity now. Uh-uh. Amala is not an infirmity. But I know that Oyo State people, they say that we are intrinsically proud. In Badon. Where are we used to insult? Can you see? Ah, Jesus. We have a bright response for everything, which is very true. Because some days, P.I. will be saying things about Ibadan. I want to just give him back, but I'm a child of God, so I used to caution myself. But the point I'm trying to make is, there are several things like that that have been said, that you have seen, that you have heard, that you have read, that you have imbibed passively. And those things have come and they've taken root in our hearts and in our minds. And we often think that when we tell God, ah, God, I want to love you, I want to serve you, and God creates in us a new heart, that all those other things are wiped away. But the truth about this is Paul is telling Timothy, and Timothy at this point is a 27, 28-year-old man. He's pretty young. Paul has made him the pastor over a church, and Paul is telling him, see, guy, you are a leader, you are a mover, you are set up to be a part of God's army. You are placed in a position of priority. If you do not actively cut out all these things, you know, if you are not like, like I was talking about, like the purge, if you do not take time in your life to go and be killing all your enemies and be dealing with them mercilessly, these things will take root in your heart and what's worse, they will start to reproduce after their kind. And that's what happens when we see or we hear stories of people. This man is a man of God. You know, he has done wonderful works, done miracles and everything. But then you hear a story of him that he's stealing. Or that he has several <clears throat> ushers and choir mistresses who come and do private ministrations for him in his office. You know? I'm not saying you, dummy. And you know what I mean by private ministrations. Ah, you, you don't know. Please, those of you who know. Let me talk to you. But, again, back to what I was saying. These, these things, they seep into our hearts. And if we do not actively do the work to uproot them, to deal with them, there's a scripture, the Bible says, the little foxes, beware of the little foxes that spoil the vine. Let me tell you a characteristic of little foxes is that they are hard to catch. Have you tried catching a chicken before? Not the one that they tie, well, not the one that they tie the Lego. That one is easy to catch. I'm talking about the one that's free to roam. Or the one that has been roaming in your backyard for, eh? A Greek chicken, the local ones. Dami, where are you from, please? In, can you see? In Oshobo, where they give birth to you, did you not catch chicken for a living when you were coming up in the world? You did not. What did you catch? Fowl. <laughs> you didn't used to do that. <laughs> it was ghosts that used to. It's what your chicken, frozen chicken. Now, so, but the point I'm trying to make is that little foxes are hard to catch. They're small, they're elusive. If you catch them now and you don't deal with them at the at the moment you catch them, if you let it go, it will get out of the way. It will eat your food. It will it, it will do wonders. It's like catching a rat. Okay, you caught rats. I know that one. It's like catching a rat. You do everything you can do. <laughs> I remember there was a time during the pandemic, my brother and I, I don't know what happened. Somebody must have left the door open and then we had a problem with it. I don't know whether it was a rat or rats. But they were terrorizing our daily existence. We had to start locking 
a door. I bought, you know, you know now, I mean, I mean, I grew up in, you know, the posh parts of Oil State in Ibadan. So I'm not, I'm not familiar with, like, you know, rat poison and stuff. But, you know, what I'm a bit more familiar with is, like, the glue board. So I bought the glue board and I put it, you know, nicely just put it around the area where I know the rats used to have, you know, congregation. I put it there. Uh, the thing will catch the rats. Have you dealt with those kind of rats that they will enter the glue? They will, they will, they will make their mark there that, oh, I've been here. And they will leave. <laughs> That's the kind of, that is, but they will eat the food there. Eh? They, will drag, they will drag the glue board to another place to tell you that, look, I saw, I came, I saw, I conquered. And I'm more than conqueror. That is how, but that is, you can't, if you are not active to catch it and root it out immediately, it will show its ugly head. It will even pet you on the back that, ah, Kwele, you have sinned. Mabinu. Do you understand? Don't worry. Those of us who are sinning, we are plenty. And you, it will feed you a narrative that you are happy with. And then it will go for a season. And then when you are, when you are on a spiritual high, it will come as, you know, you've not heard that song, Hello Darkness, my old friend. That, it will come back to you and say, uh-uh, I'm back for you today. That is literally how these things work. So, we have a responsibility to detoxify, to purge out actively. And that's why I used, I wanted to read that scripture. It says, it says, flee youthful lust. It says, pursue righteousness, pursue holiness. You have to be actively running, actively doing this thing. It's, you have to do it consistently. So, we've talked about some of the, the toxins that are in our lives. There are emotional toxins. Let me tell you one of my emotional toxins. I have a problem with, not a problem, problem me. I have a problem with friends who don't, don't reciprocate love. I said it now and everybody's just silent because it's like, Boboa, it's all of us, we're having the same problem. But, you know, a friend who... <laughs> I want to say another thing, but it will be obvious that I'm not reading my Bible and I'm watching Instagram. I was watching, what's the other guy that does hello Instagrammers that drinks from that red cup? Temisha. Tim with Temi. Ah, Pastor Dolly. I know that I'm not the only sinner here. Thank you so much, my pastor. See, the guy would, he does that thing, he would do hello Instagrammers. So yesterday he was talking, he said that on his birthday, somebody gave him 20, on his 25th birthday, someone gave him 25k and said, ah, this 25k is symbolic. That, <laughs> he said, not 250k, 25. And 1k for every year. And then his friend now, but should I, you're, you're turning 30. Inside that 30k, you want me to bring Fafaranfa for you? You want me to do this for you? You want me to do that for you? The point he was trying to make is that I give as I get. And that is, it seems logical, it seems sensible in this day and age. But the truth about it is, the love we've been called to is a higher love than that. It gives in spite of not getting. And let me tell you what happens. Because it makes sense to our minds, in our souls, we've processed it, we've done the one-on-one, -on -one, the math and everything, and it adds up in our souls. We accept it. But it's actually a toxic trait. It is a very toxic trait that a lot of us have imbibed. And it's a toxic, toxic trait that appeals to our emotions. Because at the end of the day, if you give me 25K and on your own birthday, I give you 25K. Uh, nothing missing, nothing broken. Do you understand? I've not lost anything. It's, it's one, one, go, let's draw. Do you understand? We're equal. 
But the, lo- the lifestyle we've been called to demands that we give a hundred times more than we've received. And if we don't actively, and for me, this thing, it was, still, it was still triggering me yesterday because there's a friend of mine who says she's traveling. And, you know, I had called and everything. And I said, ah, you know, I, I would like to just come by and see you before you go. So at least we'll, we'll fellowship. I'll see your face, blah, 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 blah. And she said, oh, she's going to go to the gym at 6. She'll be done by 7. I should call her at 7 o'clock. So me too now. Ah, I called her by 7. That, okay, if I quickly branch, I have prayer by 8. So I'll quickly just drive down by 7, see you one hour, then rush back, pray at home. Called her by 7. She did not answer. Called her again by maybe 7.30. She'd not answer. Called her by 8. She'd not answer. By that time, I said, look, I have to be about my father's business. So I just closed the kidney. Tell me why after I finished prayer by 10.30, I opened my Instagram just to peruse the social landscape. What did I see? This is my very friend. Having a swell time with all her, eh? Without me. With all our other friends. Now, she said, are you? I say, yeah, they will do it to you too. Okay, they will do it to you too, okay. Yeah. Eh, they've done it to you. Oh, Bobo, we have all eaten this breakfast. Ah. They will just go. Ask, please, carry on. Oh, sorry, by the way, I feel like we've been gisting, but if you have any questions, please feel free. Feel free. Ask. Yeah, so, sorry, I just want to understand what you're saying. Yes, with regards to this emotional thing, mm. right? Yeah. So I know like there's the whole narrative of self-love at this point, right? And I'm not necessarily, I mean, I don't agree with the narrative that we push in society holistically, but I definitely think that there is a wisdom to be applied when it comes to relationships, right? And I mean, I'm saying this as per what I believe, but I'm open to being corrected. So with the instance that you gave, I mean, I don't know details of that instance, but I think that when it comes to certain relationships, yeah, you give more than you receive, but people can also exhaust you, right? Um, and I think it, it's based on... Actually, wait, sorry. Can I retort? You serve a God who is inexhaustible. Why are you being exhausted? No, no, wait, don't... Mm-mm. Don't be quick to answer. Don't be quick to answer. I want you to I want you to think about it and then come back to me with your response. Because be, let me let me give you another example. The Jesus that you serve that was on this earth, it's only once in the Bible that they say he slept, <laughs> that they told us that he slept. He was consistently going about doing good, healing all those who are oppressed of the devil, blah, 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 blah. No, finish. Ah, okay. okay so good. I'm asking you, you've I'm asking tight questions. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. So I don't. I don't I'm oh, sorry, not, sir. Let, 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 let me just let him finish and then I'll, I'll hand over to you. So, um, again, I, th- I can think of different instances, like even with Jesus. For example, there's a time when disciples ask him a question and he says to them, How long will I suffer you? He does then go on to answer them, right? Mm-hmm. Right? There's but also. He still answered, yeah, but he still answers, right? Um, there's also times when he says he will set apart himself, he will separate himself for a moment. Not necessarily because. You know, they they were exhausting him. But again, I feel like there is a wisdom that needs to be applied when it comes to relationships. Because one bad company does corrupt good manners, Absolutely. right? And as much as I'm for the good Samaritan, you know, life of going over and above and making sure that you know you take you look after people even more than they do for you. 
I think there's also a place where you have to protect yourself from certain, you know, yeah. So I, while I agree with what you're saying, it's just like, where's the balance? Like, at what point do you say, okay, this person, because for me, that person that did what they did to you, can't lie. Do you get? Like, <laughs> that's the end. Or, for example, I, I can't be saying to you, oh, let me come to your house, let me come to your house. And then I say that I'm the one that's always instigating, let me come and see you, let me come and see you. And in six months or to a year, you never come to me to say, oh, can I come and see you? For me, oh, I don't know if you are saying God used that person to stretch me, but for me, <laughs> you don't want for to be me, stretched. That's a, it's a, that is an imbalanced relationship, right? Yeah. Even our relationship with God is not like that. There's an intimacy, there's an exchange. As far as I know, God, but... God would beg to differ, but okay. Okay, can we... Yes, sir, please. Oh, please, exchange. You're, is this your first time here? Ah, okay. Ah, okay. Me, me I, don't see, I don't see you. I don't see... Ah, class captain. Founding member. Ah, sir, please. I'm here for you, sir. You have my attention. No, um, just when you're talking about Jesus not getting tired doing his, his father's business and... Um, I just wanted to remind you about the Garden of Gethsemane when he was like, please take this cup away from me. So even Jesus had his times when he was like, this is hard. Then um, about what he said, I actually agree with him because, you know, the Bible also says that um, you should guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows all. So you have to... All right, please, I want to, be, please, okay, let's hand over to Lovett. I want to be clear, there is a place for that balance. Oh, Pastor Dolly, yes, please. There is a place for that balance. I am not denying that at all. God actually gives all of us the wisdom as to where that line should be. But I also believe that because of a lot of the toxic, toxic, hey, Jesus, Shanumi, toxic stuff, I was going to say toxicity. I went to school, you guys. The toxic stuff in our heart, we tend to draw that line a lot sooner than we actually ought to. And that's the point I'm trying to make before, so I don't lose my train of thought. Okay, so um, this is a personal experience of mine. I feel like um, at some point, you just have to talk to that person. Like, are you, do you actually want us to be friends? Because there was a time where I have this friend. He was always the one reaching out to me. Unconsciously, I didn't even notice that that was the pattern. But like he was always the one reaching out to check up on me, and and I wasn't reaching out, and, and it was just an unconscious thing. And one day he was like, "Lover, do you really want to be friends with me? Are you like, are you interested in this friendship? Because let's not be that. Oh, I'm the one pouring everything out, and you are just there. You're not, you're not being intentional about the friendship. You don't call to check up on me. You don't nothing. Like you're not adding anything to the friendship. You're just, you're just there. True. And you get." I was at that point. I was like, "Oh, that's true. Like this person is really giving, and I'm just, I'm just there. I'm not putting in any effort." So a lot of people don't even know that they are not putting effort into your friendship. So maybe you should, you can actually like tell them that you, this is, this is how I feel. This is what is happening in my head. So can you just clarify, clarify it for me so that I would actually know where I stand. I would know how I, I can love you from afar. I can love you. That's quite all right. But like. You know, my, my heart is still very soft, that kind of a thing. Absolutely. Oh, all right, yes, Hi. please, carry on. Um, okay. I was going to say very quickly, um, I agree with what you said, actually, previously. I think 
when you're engaging in a relationship with somebody where you constantly feel like you're giving and you get tired, you have to ask, where am I giving from? Am I giving from my capacity or what God has given mm. me in terms of capacity? Yes, ma'am. Because when I'm giving from a place of, you know, I'm, I'm walking in love that God has given and patience that God has given, I will not be tired. So I've had relationships where, you know, I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, I have to call this person again. And again, I have to check on you and again, and you don't respond. And then I've had others where I was the one giving consistently, but I was never tired because it wasn't me. It was God that was giving through me. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's the kind of the point you're yeah. trying to make. Where when you're giving from place of flesh, where it's your time and it's your efforts, it feels exhausting. When you're giving from the place of God, it isn't, it doesn't, you don't get as tired in the same way, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Pastor Dolly. And while the mic is being transferred, the reason why I'm pointing this out again and I'm saying that it, for a lot of us, it's actually a reflection of the toxicity in our hearts, is because Jesus said it as well. He says, you know, the law will say, do unto others as you would like to have done unto you. But I'm giving you a different law. And that's the reason why I'm saying that don't be so... The point I'm trying to make here is this. Don't be so quick to accept the narrative that your own heart gives you. Don't be so quick to accept the narrative that your own soul gives you because your soul is inherently full of toxins. And if you do not do the work of actively cleansing it on a consistent basis, your soul will sell you a lie. And I feel like that should be a tongue twister. Thank you, Pastor Dolly. Yeah, so I just wanted to buttress. Okay, what I wanted to say was what um, um, Lovett um, said. And it was just about... So through this week, I don't know, maybe because of this discussion, it was just in my, in my heart and just examining my relationships and people that have actually uh, stood with me over the years. And I realized that if those people were to value based on what I was giving or how I was, or how I was responding, they won't reach me because I've realized that probably I'm hard to get to and I'm not easily impressed and I don't make efforts especially to friendship. So I don't do a lot. So he amazed, as I get surprised, take for instance, we finish service and Dami will reach out to me and say, did you get some save? I'm like, ah, miracle, you thought about me? <laughs> I can never think about you, I'm sorry. <laughs> do you understand? It's just like a miracle, how will you? You don't have life, you don't have what you get told to do. As when I get to, I'm just, I've forgotten everything that happened. So it doesn't come to my mind that I left a friend and I'm supposed to check back. It doesn't come naturally to me. So when people do it, I'm like, how? How did, how did it thought even cross your mind? How did you remember me? Really? I don't know. So I realized that I don't really, I don't make effort at all. And people that, you know, I was just thinking through the week and I, I talked to my friend, Beju is someone that we all know. And the way that she loves people, she loves aggressively. <laughs> and she loves in a way that you can't pay her back. It blows my mind every time. Every time. You can't outdo her in love. You can't you can overlook, as in you can't over... So thinking of what to do, okay, I will try and, try and repay her because she did, she did something. Before you plan that, she has already done it. I'm like... How do people do this? So I think that some people are naturally graced for it. And if that is you, I know that some of us, we are your testers. <laughs> and then, Pastor like Dolly. what the Lord ah. has put in your life. 
Pastor to Dolly. To energy. But really, it's, it's actually that it doesn't naturally come to other people. And then God is using those relationships to actually teach people like me how to love and respond to love. I will agree with the second part. Please, can we put our hands together? I would agree with the second part. Actually, I agree with both parts. But again, the point, and I don't want this to get lost in conversation. The point is, what you think is, <laughs> that word, natural, to you. Is not what is natural to you. Let me tell you why. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The natural tendencies of that person are supposed to have radically changed. Thank you so much, my pastor. It's changing. And I agree with that. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. But you see, Pastor Dolly, the path to ensuring that that change works in your life cannot be passive. It has to be something you are actively doing. And that's why I keep hammering on that. Because the real pathway to detoxification in your life is an active thing. You must flee certain things. You must pursue other things. You must cut out certain things. You must plant in new things. And that's the point I want to, 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 to make. So that we can get through the rest of it before we wrap up. So, question. And this was the part I, oh, you have a thought? Okay. In the world of detoxify, now um, we're talking about controlling the things you view, the things you, you see, passively ingesting things, you understand. So now, in the case whereby you are in a particular environment where, for instance, you live here, living, and like two, four, you wake up from sleep and you're hearing, if I broke now my business. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, you different songs. You know, from the environment itself, unconsciously you've... Sometimes I just go home and that... Um, if I, I, just, I just came across it on my WhatsApp status. And before you know it, I, I just started noticing that as I'm going from one place to another, I'm hearing it. Inside the bus, I'll hear it. And unconsciously, I woke up on 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was singing it. So, very... That's when the, that's when, that's when the song used to fully boot. Do you understand? Do you understand? It was, it was very funny. And I was like, you know, so um, that... Um, what do you say about environmental detoxification? Wonderful. Oh, ah, okay, everybody wants to... Please, can you guys come and just sit down here and let, let's preach this message together. It's wonderful. I know, I know. I want to hear too. Carry on, 20. 21. Carry on then, 22. Okay, okay, so... Um, so, when I enter buses, I'm always very conscious. Do you understand? Because I know that they will play songs, different kind of songs. So, what I did was... I usually have my ears plugged to maybe a message or a gospel song. And when I used to live in Surulere, which is the mainland, I had this neighbor. He doesn't even sing all those nice songs. He's all those Fuji and everything that he sings. So there is also another part of it. The amazing thing is that I don't know those songs, even as I listen to it, because I am... I don't know. You have to like condition your ears to what you want to listen to. So in short, with the loudness of the, this thing, I blocked my ears to it. 
And I'm like, oh, this thing, I'm not going to listen to it. So there, there's a way. Okay. Now, you said something. You said um, you don't, those songs are songs that you don't like. So there is a way you already create a barrier to some things that don't really, uh, you understand. So now, if it were, if I were rap lover, and you're going to play a rap song, even if I'm not interested in it, I will connect somehow, somehow, unconsciously or something. You understand? It's if they now do something that you know connects you, how do you manage that? Um, that um, um, having something else that you listen to right there and then. So, for instance, in your house, in your own room, they are playing, uh, if you block, broke my mind, what's what? But you, you are listening to something else inside your own room. So, that is, you know, like countering everything. And then before you sleep also, you listen to your own reading. Re listen to your own, so that by the time you sleep, the one that would come to your mind when you wake up is a worship song to God. So our space, we need to really guard our space because the word, they are, they are not resting. So we should not rest. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, to piggyback off what Toyin said, I can totally relate with what you're saying actually because, so this one was even during service when Bishop said, it's just a one-liner, he said, problem. And I was telling Dolakwa seated beside me, the song that came to my head, problem, like when, no why, thank you, we're in church. <laughs> and the song that came to my head was, problem, you know they finish, make you try, they enjoy. So I can't, <laughs> so I can actually relate the whole, you wake up by three, and then it's one song that you're hearing. And then TikTok and, you know, all this, you know, shorts and the, the videos, they're not helping. But, you know, there's an emphasis that Bishop has been trying to place for a while. And it's about how when you're fleeing something, there has to be a substitute, yeah. actually. And there's a level of being deliberate that we have to, you know, actively do in this generation because like you said the person opposite you is playing these songs so you can't say that you don't want these songs to because it's unconscious and then music is very fast it's very fast moving yep. and there's a spirit that pedals these things Genesis, and so you can't just say that oh okay so i don't want to hear these songs i don't want to listen to them what are you doing to ensure that you're not listening to them you're not hearing them Genesis, and, and it's not like oh, when during service now, when problem song now came to my head, it's not like I'll feel sad. I was just like, oh, good. Concentrate on the message, what he's saying. Concentrate. Do you understand? So, but the bottom line of all of this is that you have to be deliberate. You can't say, I don't want to hear these things. You can't say, I'm tired of hearing these Active. things. Do you understand? You Absolutely. have to actively take steps to ensure that you detox. Like, for now, 10 p.m. is hard. It's not easy. But I tell myself that 10 p.m., I'm off social media. It's not an easy thing, yeah. But that's like a step to ensuring that, you know, you're you are keeping your heart and you're guarding your heart, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Tony. So I just wanted to say that, you know, life does not exist in a vacuum. So... <clears throat> Even if you don't want to, if you don't want to listen to something and then the environment is bringing it, it's because there's a vacuum. So you need to fill up that space. So it's usually a fight and the highest one wins. So it's the one that you feed, you know. So if you, you have your own space and you're not intentionally filling it with what you want, you know, 
walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. So if you're not filling it up, topping up the spirit, then there's a vacuum and then something will fill it. You know, I'm reminded of, you know, that place where Jesus was, you know, giving them, telling them a parable and saying that you cast out the evil spirit. And then when he sees that, oh, this place is empty, it will just bring all his counterparts. So we just need to be very, very intentional about what we, you know, fill our spaces and our hearts and, you know, everything. Yep, love it. Okay, so I'm going to give you like two different experiences of something similar. Um, I think it was 2019, I was working at Ikui. So I used to go from General Paint to Ikui. And every day on the road, you know how Lagos Road is? One person is always cursing. People are always talking about how stressful Lagos is, how by the time you get to the office, you're already tired, you're already angry. So unconsciously, I started feeling those things that other people were saying. Like, it was, I didn't, I didn't plan to feel it. I just started feeling it. But then again, I started listening to podcasts and music during traffic. So I would listen to podcasts, I would listen to music. And then by the time I get to the office, I'm so happy. Monday morning, I'm so excited. Like, I'm so happy to walk. Like, it was weird because no other person was feeling this. And I was like, why are people not feeling like this? I mean, you have solution. Why not just, you know, do this thing? It's, it's not that hard. So that was no, that's number one. And then second one is social media. Twitter especially. Twitter can be a very, very nonsense app. Very, very nonsense. You just open Twitter and you see one nonsense and you're like, ah. So what I do is that once I see that somebody tweets nonsense, the person that, tweet, that tweeted it, I block you. The person that retweeted it, I block you. And if you're my friend, I will follow you. Sorry, nobody, so nobody above, above blocking. blocking. Nobody. Yeah. And then on Instagram, there was a time where I noticed that on my, um, this thing, what they call that page, that explore page, all I used to see was gossip blogs, gossip blogs, um, all those blogs, share. And I'm not, I don't to like their gist like that. So what I did was I started, not that I unfollowed, I, I don't follow them. What I did was I started unfollowing people that I know that follow them. So people that I know that, okay, I don't really care about your life. Not that I don't care, but like you showing me your, your life or whatever, it's not a priority to me. So I unblock you. Like, I don't have any need to keep in touch with you because I probably, I don't, I don't know you from anywhere. So I don't, I don't follow you. And then I started following um, more stuff related to my career and the gospel. So mostly, most um, Christian pages and, you know, pages related to what I do. That's what I started following. And when I open my explore page, that's mostly what I see. Quick, quickly, before um, Joe Boy, <laughs> sorry, Joseph, <laughs> sorry, that's what I call him. Um, before he speaks, I want to just point out something that Paul says in Ephesians. Paul said, first of all, do you know that as we are sitting down here right now, we are imbibing stuff. There is air going into our body. There is water coming out of our body. There is salt coming out of our body. You are not doing anything other than just sitting, but you are imbibing stuff. Paul uses that analogy when he's teaching the Ephesian church. He says, in whom he's talking about something, he says, we all in times past have had our conversation in the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life, and we have fulfilled the desire of the... I'm speaking grammar. The point he was saying is, look, the devil is called the prince of the power of the air. 
For as long as you are sitting under the air, the devil who has leadership and power over that air has license, in quotes, to pump stuff into you. And if you do not actively enforce the dominion of Christ over your life and in your airspace, the devil will just consistently be pumping stuff into you and you will be none the wiser. And then you will not see things come out in your nature and your actions into your, in your behavior. And you'll be like, ah, what did this come? Has that ever happened to anybody before? You, you do something and just, ah, this is not me. Where did this come from? You know why? Because for as long as you are here on the earth, if you don't have a force field of life around you, the devil has access and permission to pump stuff into you. That is why this process of detoxifying your, your mind, your soul, needs to be something that you are actively doing. I dare say, we think about it as, when we think about detoxing, we think about it as something that we do periodically. You know, maybe once every day, all the fat, who are the fit farm guys? I can't see any fit. Damn me, please put your hand down, come on. You, but you don't detox. I know what you eat every day. <laughs> you fast. Who doesn't fast here? Yeah, I fast and I'm fast. What's your problem? What are you saying? The point I'm trying to say is, with detoxing, it's, we, we, we advertise it as something you do maybe every week or every month or whatever. With detoxifying the soul, it needs to be something you are doing on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. Um, in, in, in the... In the sorry. In, in one of the... Um, not epistles, I'm thinking about Genesis, Exodus. In the Torah, Moses gives them an instruction. He says, look, you, you must do this thing when you walk by the way, when you come in, when you go out, when you sleep, when you wake up. If you're not actively doing a, an accounting of your soul at least four or five times a day, I dare, I dare say that you are giving the devil permission to... Here's what I've done. On my phone, there's a reminder. Watch and pray always. Every six hours it comes up. I do a, I do a small soul accounting. What have I eaten today? If I broke my business, we delete. What do I want to add? Your word is here and amen. I add that one to it. Add small Nathaniel Basi, mix small Dunsin, add sprinkle elevation worship. We chow down when we move. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And you need to do that regularly. Sorry, Joe Boy. Okay, um, I have two questions to ask. Sorry, the question is not for me, it's for all of us. So, yeah. Carry okay, on. so... Um, I don't know if your question is related to this, but I wanted to say something. Again, I seem to have been on a vibe of saying very weird things today, so permit me. <laughs> but I'll read a scripture and then I'll say this, because I think everybody has already answered the question that, that he asked. But I find, and it is a vibe killer or whatever, you know, and for people like Tony who have been born again from the womb, it's easy for them to say, oh, my ears don't pick certain songs. But I'm going to say two things. One is appetite. Mm. Um, a lot of us, our appetites need to change or our appetites are changing. And if you're in that process where your appetite is changing, so if you've liked certain types of songs, you know, you, maybe you grew up on rap, you grew up on... See, as much as it is that I have been born again for a while, there are certain songs from back in the days that if you play, I will sing it. I will, I will, I, I may not sing it out, but I promise you I am singing it in my mind. There are a lot of those songs because I love music and in particular, I love beats. I'm very big on beats. So there are certain types of, I, I hung out with a colleague um, over the week, I think it was Wednesday evening or so. 
and where we went to, they were playing violin. Humming along, let's just put it that way, you know. So, and it's not because I have not stewarded my mind or stewarded the presence of God or anything like that. Um, I, I think maybe to help one person here, because there's a way we answer these questions and everything everybody has said is absolutely correct. But if you love music, if your appetite for certain types of music is changing, how do you effectively move from where you are and be that person you need to be, stewarding God's presence and all? But what I want to say that I said might sound a bit controversial is this. If you have neighbors, you grew up in, in, in a house where you have neighbors who blast certain types of music, it is okay for them to blast your own. Blast their song. You to blast your own now. Blast your own. Blast your Nathaniel Bassi. Blast your channels of my spirit. Let it reverberate around the entire house. Let somebody come and knock on your door and say, bros, tone it down. I don't know why we feel, and again, I know some people are going to get legalistic here and say, eh, if they behave a certain way, we don't need to behave that same way as well. And all. And I hear you. But what I'm trying to say is this. Your sound needs to be louder. Yeah. It may not necessarily be in you becoming a nuisance now because your neighbors are acting like nuisances and you're hearing these things. But be very deliberate that your sound overshadows what you are hearing. What you are, what you, uh, it overshadows the noise from your environment, essentially. It is so important. So whether that sound is what you plug into your ears or what you can hear, you're in your kitchen, you're hearing it, you're in your bathroom, you're hearing the music ongoing, you're everywhere around you, you're hearing that music. It is important. Now, the scripture I wanted to read is in Proverbs. Um, I'm not wearing my glasses. What is this? Proverbs was this? 28, Abby? 7. 28, 7, okay. 28, 7. It says, A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. And this is one scripture that we use, we interpret for different purposes. But in this particular instant, speaking to changing appetites, your soul is hungry, it will pick the good, the ugly, the bad, you know. And for, for, for the one who's satisfied, the one who has recharged, the one who's recharging consistently, just as Demilai said, the one who's, who's doing that soul check, you know, periodically. Even the things that appear sweet, the things that are good, if you're in morning service, what, what appears good, what appears harmless, you know, you, your soul rejects it. Why? Because it is nourished and fed on alternatives that are superior in content and in value. Thank you so much, Pastor. Oh, Joe, Joe. Sorry, we'll, we'll do you next. Okay, praise God. Um, you can hear me, right? Okay. Um, I have two questions. My first question is, um, you were speaking about detoxifying and spreading your love work. Um, I like to know where you should draw the line, because um, for me, for my personality, I have very specific boundaries. I'm confrontational, especially when you are walking over my boundaries. So um, there are a couple of times I have my friends, and there are some that just do it on purpose. They just out of trying to spite you, they would walk all over your boundaries, and I'm, I would just confront you and just tell you the way it is, and. I try to create distance at times. So in my mind, I'm like, it's justified because I'm trying to protect my space and stuff like that. So I want to know how to like strike the balance in terms of your love work because I've had like multiple experiences of 
people taking advantages of stuff. So it tends to keep me like very, very, very detached. I can even have maybe not more, like, more than like two people in my circle and they receive like heavy scrutinization because at every moment in my mind, I'm just thinking, you're just going to do something wrong. So I want to know where you should draw the line because <laughs> if it doesn't go my way, like I react. And then secondly, you talked about um, detoxifying your mind in terms of what you see. I work in film, so if I want to edit like a five second frame, I have to watch at least, let's say, 40 to 50 times. And we don't have so many um, like Christian themed movies. Yeah. Everything we watch in Hollywood, let's be honest to ourselves, you will not honestly go to the cinema to watch you know that type of movie. Jesus rising up from the grave. Yeah, because like quality control is, you understand? So, and half of the movies they will give you to want to touch or half of the project they want to give you to touch is... You get like, those things. Yeah, so you're talking about Olivia Pope and you have like a lot of that. So before you cut one frame of like 10 minutes, you have to do like four to five days rewatch and rewatch. And then... In terms of laying of sound and soundtrack, you have like a lot of Nigerian music that has very, very strong Illicit. content. And you have to constantly listen over and over and over and over again. So where's the time to even? And another, another thing I want to say is for reference, especially when you want to do a work, you need reference. The reference you are going to, you still have the same problem. Yeah. So most of the time, if you are working, if you are exposed to content, let's say like 99.8% of it has to do with your work and it goes against the project you are trying to achieve. So right. how do you now like balance? Thank you. Okay. Because me, I was just going to say, me, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay, two things. Should we change the truth? Okay, two things. First, in terms of um, what you said about protecting yourself, because I think a lot of, I think we confuse loving people with giving people access. So it's not that, oh, you have room in my life in all these areas and all these spaces and I'm vulnerable with you. And Not necessarily. Love is, have you eaten? Are you well? Are you okay? And that may feel like I'm giving. It, it feels like you're giving a lot of yourself. But again, I say, where are you giving from? You know, who, if, if someone ignores you and you're giving from your own place of your own emotional space, yes, it hurts you. It's like, this is me giving myself. When God is giving through you, if you ignore me, you're ignoring God. It's okay. It's not about me. It's not personal. I don't have to take it. It's not me they're walking away from or me they didn't message back. They're ignoring God that's trying to speak through me. So now, I mean, it took me a while. I'm not going to say that. I woke up one morning and I was like, ah, I'm not going to take anything personal. I used to get angry. I used to get very upset. But now I'm like, it's okay because this has never been about me. God has always said, I'm here to love people through you. Relax. Don't take it personally. People who cannot appreciate who you are, that's not your job. It's not everybody else's job to love you for loving them. When you love and you go and you do this work with the idea of reciprocity and give, you know, does God give looking at us saying, oh yeah, when are you going to give me back? He doesn't. He just gives. 
And that's what he has called us. That's the way he's called us to love, to give without expecting back in the same way. God will reward Absolutely. you. Don't worry about the other person. Absolutely. And it's everything you see. Are you spending as much time with God as you have to spend in your workplace? And I think it took me a while to really critically say, how much time do I spend with God every single day? And how much time do I give, even if it's not my job, to just mundane things, everything, my phone, my friends. And I sat down, and I'm like, it's not a fair or even amount of time. I prayed an hour in the morning, you know, maybe I did two hours in the morning self. I prayed before I went to sleep. I read my Bible throughout the day. And I feel like I've done a lot. You feel relatively spiritually full. But when you take account for the fact that you're spending 10 hours in a day actively interacting with people, people are drawing from your spiritual well over and over and over again. You have to fill it as much as possible. So pray without ceasing. I'm a firm believer. Whether it's Absolutely. five seconds. Heavenly Father, give me grace. Okay. Next, that anytime there is frustration, there is a thought, there is a sense of discomfort, immediately just talk to God and say, oh yeah, you're the one in control. You may not see the effects in an instant. We're used to fire falling down when we read scripture and seas parting. You don't always see it immediately. But in like four months, I promise you, just pray every single time you feel frustration in a day or every time you face temptation. Four months, it will shock you what doesn't bother you anymore. Or what doesn't matter, what you don't hear, what you don't see anymore that you used to. Absolutely. That's really sound. Um, so he's had his hand up, hand up for a minute. So we'll take him. We'll take Daniel and then I will I will oh Toby, did you want to say something? Okay then we'll take Toby and then I will try and wrap wrap from there. Okay. Um praise the Lord. Oh, sorry? Is mm, is it's not a question, it's a comment. Okay. Like, is it to so this? To no, what he said. No. Ah, so this right. is what about Okay, let, let sorry, let's answer let's try and answer his question and then we'll we'll come back to you. So to, Daniel, did you want to answer his question? Okay. Oh, uh, all right, Joseph. Um, for question number two, right, that's the big thing. Like, I'll just talk it through. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's very, very deep, right? Because I, for someone that did visuals, too, right, I know I've had to refuse some projects because I knew that they were going to take me back to square one. Talking about this whole detoxing, right, I know that I'm investing my spiritual life during the week, and I'll, oh, let me just rest now. And I watch Netflix on Saturday, and I'm scattered everything that I've invested in. So I didn't even watch Netflix. And I heard Pastor Rappel saying that doing exponential, that is PG-13. Like, oh my God, that is it. Wow, my if Pastor Tony Rappel cannot watch PG-13. I don't watch anything. <laughs> 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 then to the first question, right? Um, um, I started a business recently, and I, had, I have a co-founder, and I've had to work closely with her. Right, and so for example, she's more loud and more private. If I'm going to pick a call, I'll go outside, she'll just be the call and just start talking, you know. And I had issues for months. In fact, I knew that I was even ready for marriage after then. <laughs> I had a lot of issues, I was complaining, like, this is just totally different, you know. And every time I went back to God, right, it will point back to me that it's about me, not about her. Mm. It was about me expanding my own love capacity, mm. and now. I'm really expanded, and I started seeing things differently. I'm more gentle. I started understanding people and loving them that way. So the things that really annoy me before, they even annoy me again. I'm cool with it. It sets me up, you know. It just really expanded me. So at times, right, we just have to really go back and look inward, right? Because God might just be preparing you for something bigger 
and there are some things that you really can't run away from. <laughs> so, okay, Joe, you want to rebut? Ah, Omo, we are here. So, please be ready. So, he made, he made a comment about PG 13 movies. Um, first of all, we don't really, I'm sorry to say, we don't have a Christian film community in Nigeria, first of all, because in terms of quality control, we don't do anything. So, out of like 100 Nigerian movies that will come out in the first quarter of this year, None will be a Christian movie. Do you understand? If you even paraventure have, that's why I started with quality control. That's the first statement I made. Quality control. That's the emphasis. Except they are doing a Francine Rivers book that is not even a Nigerian book. That's you have like out of one thousand movies, you have two Christian movies or three Christian movies. People need to do better. You guys need to do better. What are you? Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Carry first on. of all, first of all, the film industry in Nigeria is small. If I jump on a project and halfway I decide that I'm not comfortable with the content and I quit on the job, bad news flies fast. You are the DIT that refused to work on that job because you have um, certain reservations. So first of all, every Netflix job, Amazon Prime, film one, they will not touch your hand for the next five years. So, except you want to go, and honestly, the ones you want to go and do, let's say they are even not Christian, um, but they are a bit relaxed, the budget is not that great. Sorry, it's not even good. Talk more of grits. So, they will want to have you work and they won't even, some of the projects won't even come out. So, and you have to like constantly do jobs for your work to be seen. Most times it's when you have a name, people want to partner with you. And the truth is, even the Christian community, when they eventually want to do a film, they will not give it to a Christian filmmaker to make. They will still take it out there. So, the fight you want to fight on behalf, let me use that word, of us as a Christian community, it takes more than one person because to do a short film, if you don't spend money, you should be spending at least like 15 million for maybe a 15 minute story. That's if you have friends that have connections and access to equipments and stuff like that. So imagine me as a filmmaker, I want to do a Christian film. I'll pass through all this process and then maybe when it gets to censorship board, they will say we don't like the film. They'll put your project on hold. So these challenges are the end. You're in Lagos, you have to feed. And 90% of the movies that digested Hollywood and in the, in the spirit of quality control because and standard, they want to like replicate it into the Nigerian system. So when you are given a job as an editor and they have shot, they will not call you to say they will shoot and give you the project and tell you to cut it like this, like this. You have to. So if I want to cut the first scene, let's say it's 10 seconds. I'm almost done, sorry. It's 10 seconds. You have to watch and watch and watch and watch, get the frames right. And the process where you are doing that, the entire your mind, most times I have to work ninth day, ninth day, ninth day, ninth day for like maybe a stretch of 10 days to maybe get to a particular point. So that's just, sorry. Okay, so 
so I'll, because Toby is a filmmaker, I want him to, to just respond to that. But, but so there, and I want, I want to be clear, there is a place for what Tony is saying, which is at some point you're going to have to make decisions about what you are going to keep feeding your soul. Not because, look, the Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. At a point in your life, you're going to have to decide, look, can I, can I take a consistent diet of this? Am I going to have to make a, a transition? I'm, and I'm not, first of all, it's not going to be easy. And I don't, I don't envy you when that day comes. But that is a question I can already see that you're going to have to answer further down the line. And it's a question God is going to put out to you. Because there will be certain levels of depth in God that you may just not be able to pass into if this is what your soul is consistently feeding on. So that's that. But for now, that that question hasn't yet come up. I don't know if he has come up. But if he hasn't come up, here's what I know I do as a practice when I am trying to keep my soul resting in the embrace of God is I pray under my breath in the spirit. And I do my best to, maybe I'll listen to a song and I'll pray for five minutes based on just on what I've heard in that song. I'll listen to it or read a scripture, I'll pray for... So you might be looking at a frame or whatever and if you are praying under your breath, just praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit, just doing... What you are doing is you are giving the angels of God equipment or machinery, machinery to use to just keep your mind, keep the boundaries of your mind intact. So that maybe even though what you are seeing will not have access, will not be able to rest in your mind. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You're not sure. You, you're not sure. Or because, or because the nature of the world does not allow you to pray under your breath. Sir, man of God, you, have, you, have, you are doing the hard work. I, I pray for you. You are doing the hard work. <laughs> All right, so when you were talking, right, this is what came to mind. I think one question you need to go back and ask God is, has he really sent you to do this? Mm. No, this is what I'm saying, right? Because he may have sent you to do it, right, and he will empower you. Yeah. He may have a special grace that no one has. Yeah. Because I keep thinking of Daniel and serving the kings of Babylon, and he yeah. could stand for so long, mm. right? And to be honest, if you want people to change the industry, they won't just wake up on money and change the industry. They have to be in it. Yeah. So you should also go back in looking at what Demilade said and also go back looking at as God's called me here and if he has called you just ask him he might just really give you that special grace that you yep. need yep. to hold on yeah absolutely okay so we'll take him and then I think I'm going to put a small embargo on comments just for a little while so that I can hit my targets then we talk again if we need to talk alright um, <clears throat> praise the Lord uh, what I can say as a comment is that, firstly, you are in a crowded and arrogant generation. It is how you position yourself conveniently that determines the result you generate. And every one of us here have his or her own weak point. You understand? Example, it may be environment. It may, definitely, if you, example, maybe now, maybe you are in the bus, they are playing all this uh, worldly music. If you discover it's not in your spirit, if you have your phone, you can even go to the scripture be reading it. It's an example. And if you think that that one is not the best thing, ah, yes, you close your mind, you just close your eye. Be praying inside. There's no how you can have access to enter you. Because we all know that it's not easy to control. Because even all this worldly music is a, is a spirit. Mm. But one thing, the, the most priority is that 
Don't allow it to get into your, to enter your spirit. That's the first thing. A wise man once said, change the changeable, accept the unchangeable, and remove yourself from the unacceptable. Mm. So there's not, it's not an excuse that uh, this thing is an instrument. It can't influence you unless you allow it. That one is vivid. So once you think that environment is your problem and it's convincing you, don't be addictive to the environment. You change the environment. That is the best. So there's not an excuse that my work is an, it's not an excuse. Once you don't allow it to get into your spirit, that one is the number one thing. That is really what I can comment. Absolutely, absolutely. Daniel, yeah. Okay. All right, so, um, so mine is more like, it's a comment, right? I'm gonna do it real quick. And it's just like a mini God experience because this whole thing for me is so real for so many reasons. So a couple of years ago, I used to have troubles with my dreams, right? Okay, so I haven't dealt with like certain addictions and loss, right? So in my dreams, like I would wake up from a dream and I'm like, I'm, f I'm physically, like I'm feeling the effects of having like sexual encounters, literally, for lack of being explicit, right? And I literally can feel that physically, haven't woken up. And it went, it went on for like years. Sometimes I would wake up and my heart is like beating really fast. It's almost like I've been in war. Because in my dreams, either I'm being molested or I'm being chased or somebody's beating me or something crazy like that. And I'll literally wake up with that result in the physical, something that I've dreamt about, right? And I didn't understand why that kept on happening for a very long time. And I got to a point where I was just like, yeah, God, I'm tired of all of this. And then God started to explain to me over time that not only is it an attack, if you can help me with the mic because I really can't hear not only is it an attack, it's also, you, you have a part to play, right? And this is where the detox comes in. Because I'm coming from, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the matter was saying, you can be on your own and just TV against something. You're already standing for something, right? So feeling the effects of these things, I realized that I also had a part to play. And some of the things that I did was cut certain relationships off. Um, stop watching certain content, certain movies. It got so bad that if I watch a football match, in my dream, I could be playing football. It's that bad. And so I had to stop these things because I began to realize that the things that I was consuming were actually beginning to affect me. And so it started from things like not watching certain movies anymore, not talking to certain people, not listening to certain types of music, not... If, as opposed to watching a full 90 football minutes match, I'll watch maybe just one half or like the last 10 minutes, things like that. So when we're speaking about this detox thing, I'm beginning to realize that I'm not perfect, but I've actually experienced this to a large degree, at least in this one area of my life. So I'm now at a stage where, or I'm getting to a stage where I wake up in the morning and literally what I'm singing is Dun Sinoyeko or is Nathaniel Bassi because I have soaked myself with God's presence, with reading the word. Sometimes I don't even read the Bible as far I'm in Bible something. It's just open and I'm just looking and I'm just reading it word for word. Like just saying, okay, what does this mean? So the point I'm trying to make is I've been, I've had that attack. I've had that experience, right? And by the grace of God, I've overcome it significantly. But I will be lying to you to say that I still don't get triggered to this point. Like, I can open my Instagram and I'm just like, what 
is going on. So how, how do we, yeah, like how do we survive? Because we live in a terrible world, right? We live in a dark world. I, I can say, okay, I don't want to be on Instagram. I don't want to be on Twitter. Okay, no problem. Literally this evening, you and I were walking out of the house and we saw someone and how the person was dressed. And we were literally having a conversation. And we're like, bro, like, yeah. where did this become normal? Do you see what I mean? So for someone who has had those, that experience and who has sort of like come through that, how then, yeah, I know the answer. Soak yourself. Uh, yeah, I know all of that. It all sounds cliche. It's real, but it sounds cliche. But can we make it like significantly so, practical? I will. This is the problem now. Eh? Everybody now wants to say something. Eh, we can't. We, we can't go on for much longer because we're way over our time limit. So I want. I don't want to. We've talked about the what. We've talked about the why, and I want to. I want to candidly address the how as best I can. Um, and I don't. And I know. I'm so sorry. I know everybody wants to say something, but I think, for the sake of those who are going far distance, it might be best if we just keep things brief. So I will. Actually, you know what we can do? Let's all bring out our Bibles. Since we've been talking about, you've been imbibing a lot of stuff from me. How about we imbibe the one straight from God? So let's bring out our Bibles and we'll just quickly touch the Scripture and then we'll wrap, we'll wrap up. So Leviticus 8, from verse 5 to 13, and I will read it so that we can do this quickly. Leviticus 8, 5 to 13. Um, just for some context, God wants to detoxify Aaron and, and his sons because God wants to use them for something. So God gives Moses some specific instructions, and I'll read it. Leviticus 8, 5 to 13. It says, And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Everybody say water. And he put, up, he put upon him the coat and girded him with a girdle and clothed him with a robe and put the ephod upon him and he girded him with a curious girdle. Anyway, the second thing is clothing. So we said one is what? Number two is what? And then in verse 8 it says, he put upon, and he put the breastplate upon him and he put in the breastplate the urim and the dumim. I will talk about that. And then he put the mitre upon his head. In verse 9, and in verse 10, it says, and he took the anointing oil. Those are five things. Water, everybody say it with me. One, water. Two, clothing. Three, urim and thumim, which I will address. Number four, a mitre or a cap. And number five, anointing oil. For the detoxifying of the soul, you need all five of these ingredients. And you need to apply all five of these ingredients liberally. Now, this is Old Testament, but I'm going to give you the New Testament corollary of all these things. The water that we see Moses using to wash them is the Word of God. The Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word. So number one will be the Word of God. Number two, he talks about a linen effort, clothing that he wraps them with. This linen effort is... The effort and the urim and the tumim, they used it to communicate with God. So you will see in some places, you will see um, David was girded with a linen effort. Those, those items, they needed them to be able to actively communicate with God. So when you combine those, the clothing and the urim and the tumim together, those two things are what you use to communicate with God. So the second thing we need is consistent communication with God. The third thing 
is a mitre or a cap that they used to put on the head of the priest. And that cap on the cap, it said, holiness unto the Lord on it. That cap, it talks about a fresh mindset. So the third thing you need is a changed mindset. And the last thing it talks about is the anointing oil. The anoint you take holiness as a mindset. You, you, you carry yourself as a king and a priest. Look, as a king and as a priest, there are certain things you say and you say, look, this is, be this is below me. Do you know who I am? Do you know who my father is? The way we say it in that, they bring you a, a pot of beans and you can see the weevils coming out of it. Ah, ah, no, 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 no. This is below me. If you don't have that active mindset that you are more than this, you are greater than this, you are called to greatness, you are called and chosen for greatness, you have been, God has picked you out of a bunch and said, I want to use you. That mindset will make you stay away from certain things. And then the last thing is the anointing oil. Look, if you don't liberally apply the power of the... And that's what I was talking with Joe about. You can say that you are listening to music. But if you are not actively liberally applying the power of the Holy Spirit to help cleanse your, your, your airwaves of all this nonsense, you will just find that you are again consistently imbibing the wrong things. So what are the four things you talk about? Number one, the word. Number two, sorry, I didn't hear that. Constant communication with the Holy Spirit. And I want to just touch on that very briefly. In the, um, the book we read, The Purpose Driven Life, he, the, um, Pastor Rick Warren said something. Your prayer does not have to be shekelebododo, shekelebododo every time. Simple one-word prayers. Lord, give me grace. Lord, help me. Lord, strengthen me. Holy Spirit, I know you're here with me. That's a prayer. David said, I have set the Lord before me and because he's at my right hand, I will never be moved. If, Joe, this is for you. You are working on your screen, but you see the Lord consistently before you and you see the Holy Spirit at your right hand. Some things will enter your head. I promise you. And that is the mindset we all have to go. Me, there are days when I'm driving. If my brother is not sitting with me, I imagine that the Holy Spirit is sitting in the, on the chair behind And we have conversations. Sir, look at this man. Look at what he's doing. I see God the Father in my windscreen. And even though he's massive, he still gives me small space to see the cars I'm driving with. But, it, but that needs to be our mindset all the time. Not only do we take the word of God, we must have consistent communication with God. With God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, God the Son. And if you are talking to them all the time, you will find you don't have time to talk to other people about nonsense. What do we say the third thing was? Ah, holiness, a mindset, a change in your mindset. And what do we say the fourth thing was? The power of the Holy Spirit. And you will find that as you use all these things, look, just to wrap up, that thing we were talking about, the purge, when you are rolling, if you, remember, if you watch the movie, which I have, when, you are, when they are going to go and do their, to use a Yoruba turn of phrase, their ishekushe, when they are going to do their bad things, sometimes you see them, they roll five or six man deep. They come with a squad. If you are going to actively detoxify your soul, you have to roll 10 man deep. You have to, you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we're all rolling together, we are doing this thing. And then if you need extra um, enforcement, take the, ten, the nine fruits of the Spirit with you, love, joy, peace, carry them with you, we roll, we do this thing today. And that needs to be your mindset as you are going into your day. Look, before you leave your house, eh, as you, the door of my house, there are certain things, before I go out, I physically put my... I, Demande, you push your cap on. I put my robe on. I take my urim and my tumim with me. 
and I know that I'm going out to what I'm going to do what needs to do. You have sometimes you have to psych yourself up like that. Because we are the Bible says your enemy, the devourer, is looking for you. It's not me you're going to eat, bro. That's the way your mindset has to be militant like that. And it's that militant mindset combined with the word of God, combined with the washing of the water of the word, combined with the power of the Holy Spirit, combined with a robe of righteousness, all of those things are what help you keep your soul clean and help you keep it consistently clean. So as we wrap up, we'll just pray and then we'll go. There are some action points here and I want a lot of us to do them together. So um, it says, number one, and I want you to do this with me. Take a few minutes. Make a list of the emotional, cultural, and behavioral toxins that you know personally apply to you. Just, I want you to write, it doesn't have to be a long list, two, three things. Things that you know that, oh, this one, am I real toxic? This is the toxic energy that I'm dealing with currently at the moment. So I want you to write them down. And then we'll pray with those toxins in mind. And if you're not writing it down, then it means you and Jesus, you guys are pretty much the same. But me, I have mine, I've written them down. I, know, I, I don't have to write, I know it's in my head. So I want you to take a minute or two, write them down. What are the emotional toxins you're dealing with? For some people, is your parents are a consistent trigger onto your soul. When your mom is calling you, you're already shaking your head, no. For some other people, it's an excess of media, social media, music, um, Instagram, Netflix. Tonya has said her own toxin is excess sleep. Some people, that's a toxin, lethargy. They, they ask, they wake you up at 8 o'clock in the morning. How are you feeling, man? I'm tired. You could have slept for nine hours, but you're always tired. That's a toxin. Because the Bible says you must be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So please write them down. I'll give you one minute. Some people have already written down. Some other people, their own is long. Everybody good? Does everybody have their list down? You need a few more minutes you to hold those points in your in your mind's eye and just and then I want you to just begin to speak to God and ask God the first thing we're going to ask God for is mercy is mercy the Bible says mercy will triumph over judgment mercy has a way of working in our circumstances so that the things that we have willfully accepted into our souls God will then begin to help us find a way to remove them the Bible says it's because of the mercy of God that we are not consumed. Because of the mercy of God, we are not consumed by the nonsense, by the rats and the little foxes that we have allowed to come into our vineyard. So let's just ask God for mercy. Lord, please help me. As for fresh mercy for myself, as for fresh mercy for everyone here under the sound of my voice, that Lord, your mercy will speak for us. That even though we have opened up our, our storehouses, and allowed evil things to come in. Allowed, and look at those toxins, Lord. These toxins that are raining in my life. Please, I'm asking, Lord, that you help me. Have mercy on me. Purify my heart. Create in me a clean heart, oh Lord. And renew a right spirit within me. Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. The blind man had to shout and ask, Son of David, have mercy on me. This is an opportunity for you to say, Lord, these toxins will not have dominion over me. Please help me so that these toxins will not reign in my life. Help me, Lord, so that these toxins will not be the defining character traits in my life. Lord, I want to live a life of purity. I want to live a life of holiness. Take the time to pray. 
Take the time to pray. Come on, pray, pray, pray. The Bible says, if you open your mouth, I will fill it. If you don't open your mouth, there's no help for you. David said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. Many are the enemies who have come against my soul. And they say, there is no help for me in God, but thou, O Lord, thou merciful God, are a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Lord, we thank you because we now receive your mercy. And in your mercy, these toxins are being washed out of our system by the blood of the Lamb, by the word, by the word of your testimony. Father, we thank you. We thank you because your word, the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. So Lord, we've taken in your word. We ask for grace to do what the word of God says grace to guard our hearts with all diligence grace to erect a standard of life in our hearts and in our souls so that even when the enemy comes in like a flood your power will push him away and lord we will stand as vessels of honor sanctified meet for your use prepared for your good work lord we thank you for this time of the sharing of your word thank you because we know your word is a seed and lord we plant as you planted it in our hearts we ask that the rain of your presence rain upon our hearts, Lord, and that this seed of your word will bring forth an abundance of fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And all the people who want to receive that blessing in their lives say, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.